Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. You know, um, I sometimes try and keep these things time neutral, but I don't care anymore. So I am coming to you from beautiful Oakland. It's a gorgeous day in my studio. My dog is saying, when are you going to come take me for a walk? And we are deep in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and the economic crisis. And I wasn't sure what I was going to write about and talk about And then I read in um, the Washington Post that Michelle Obama had reported that she had low-grade depression. Michelle Obama had low-grade depression. Now, we all know that she probably is not afraid of unemployment or paying her rent or going hungry or even being exposed by the virus from being an uh, essential worker, but that doesn't matter. So you don't have to be in dire... uh, danger in order for what's going on to mess with your mind. And, you know, she cited the obvious things. She said it was the news, it was politics, it was people being beaten and killed, federal police being sent into the states, and surely none of it is easy to process. It is a lot to take. Which brings me to a term called allostatic load. And that means when stress hits a tipping point and it negatively affects our functioning and health. Specifically, by stress, I mean cortisol produced by your adrenal glands getting overproduced as if you are in a constant state of running for your life and you get the negative side effects from that. Whether it's anxiety, uh, constant feelings of feeling overwhelmed, Moodiness, stomach ailments, headaches, chest pain, sudden allergies, insomnia, sadness, or even depression. I see a lot of professionals who used to feel organized and on top of things now feeling forgetful, foggy, and having a reduced ability to function and focus. And then there's people who were normally warm and friendly and patient, feeling irritable and snarky. Which makes me wonder, do you think Michelle snaps at Barack? (laughs) I'm guessing yes. She's human. We're all human. So there are so many things that can put us into a stress state. But one of the main ones is extreme uncertainty. So there are a lot of people in really dire circumstances, even before all this happened, that was creating um, an overwhelm of stress for them and taking them beyond their allostatic load. But now, just the level of uncertainty in the world is pushing people to the brink of extremely poor health. And unless you want to get heart problems or diabetes or some other stress-related illness, you have to learn to manage your capacity and lower the load, lower the stress on your system. So my threshold is already low 
because of something that happened to me in 2007. After my daughter was born, my adrenals, just because of the situation that happened after that, my adrenals were severely damaged. And I get easily tipped into poor health. Just a cold and a few bad nights sleep can do it to me. And then it's a domino effect. My thyroid, my pituitary, and my pineal gland all get severely affected. So I have to work hard, extra hard to stay well, even in normal times. And I have found that with myself and my clients, the most important thing we can do to stay healthy and productive in troubling times especially, is to manage our thoughts. No one would have ever wished this situation on themselves. But the good news is that situations don't break us. Our thoughts about the situations do. So you know that two people in the same situation can view it and cope with it very differently. Now, it might seem impossible to manage thoughts in these times, but that is not the case. It takes intention, it takes work, um, it often takes somebody else around you to help you. But you can try some mental tricks. And I'm sure I've talked about this one before, but it's one of my favorites. In any situation, you can ask yourself, what's great about this? Or you can fill in the blank and start it with, it's a good thing this happened because... Now, if you stay curious, and if your true intention is to feel better, your brain will fill in that blank. It will find something. I know this sounds pithy to some people, but I recently read an article. It was a redo of an a recap of an interview back from 2016. And it is an amazing example of this. Although this person didn't even have to try. <laughs> he is professor of African American Studies at University of Washington. And he said something to the effect of, I know this sounds strange coming from a black man, but I predict that Donald Trump might be the best thing that ever happened to race relations and race equality in America. <laughs> and I think he was right. <laughs> so I don't know if he used this mental trick or if he just saw the obvious, which is Donald Trump is going to force America to pick a side because he's not going to be like former leaders before him who were able to veil their racism. He is going to be upfront and out loud with his racism. And we saw it very early on. And when you call people uh, neo-Nazis, claiming all Jews must die, when, and when you say those are good people, um, it's right out there. It's right out there. We gotta make a choice. And for me, I think it's a great thing that he was elected because this country needed to be drastically offended before it made systemic change. If Hillary had won, do you think the Republicans would have let her get away with doing anything productive? And do you think they would have uh, blamed anything bad that happened on her? And we would have been in the same place. We would have been going down the same pit that we were going down. But now... We have an opportunity that happened because of the severely deranged person that Donald Trump is. I mean, just think about civil rights. And brave people like John Lewis, who were willing to peacefully protest, sacrifice their bodies to be beaten with clubs, dogs, fire hoses, 
and it was caught on camera. Now it takes a lot for things to change for the better. What if they had not made that sacrifice? Without Martin Luther King and his followers, do you think Lyndon Johnson would have got the Civil Rights Act done? It's a good thing Japan attacked Pearl Harbor because we would not have intervened in World War II, at least not when we did, and the Nazis might have taken over the show. And I will tell you what scares me. It's not when things are filmed and we see them. It is when things are veiled. It is when things like racism are cloaked in terms that make them seem like something else. Southern strategy, law and order, even trickle-down economics. I'm afraid when there are no witnesses and when the players are effective actors. My mom was a little girl, and she remembers vividly those images on the news of those peaceful, peaceful protesters being attacked by dogs and fire hoses. And none of us are going to forget the images we've seen. And when brave people stop, take out their phone, look the police in the eye, and record these horrors and share them, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. Sorry. It gives me hope that the world will be shaken awake. So I am grateful. It's a good thing that these atrocities are now visible. And for the sake of my state, I make sure that while I stay aware and active, I don't watch the videos. This is not about denying what is bad. It is about finding what is good. And if you have faith, religious faith, then you can say to yourself, God doesn't screw up, so what is this about? That is what Abraham Lincoln had to do when they were losing the battles that they should obviously have won. What is this about God? And he journaled, closed himself in his office, and he journaled. What is this about? Why are you making this war longer than it has to be? We could have won. It could have been over. And the answer he came up with is, it's a good thing I have incompetent generals who are prolonging this war because this war is not about what I thought is about. This war is not going to be over until slavery is over. So if you don't have faith in God, like Abraham Lincoln did, you can ask yourself if you want to act from a place of weakness or power. If you are dumping cortisol into your system constantly, you are making yourself weak. Anger serves a purpose. Anger flares, and it tells us to take action and protect something. But it is a much lower frequency than love. If you want to win the battle, you need all your strength. So in addition to that mental trick, there are a lot of things you can do. You can minimize your exposure to stressful and toxic input. The news, especially visual and auditory news. That, that, by, ugh, I'm sorry, that vibration will wipe you out. You can avoid toxic people. You can avoid conversations that go nowhere 
and only increase your fear. You can do something small and achievable and then relish that achievement. Gratitude and pride are two emotions that will serve you very, very well. And I got to tell you, I'm still working on pride. I have mastered gratitude, but I am still working on pride. And I used to really, really suck at it. It was like if I celebrated small wins, I would give up. Oh, what if I stopped trying? So I would focus on the gap and say something like, I'll celebrate when I achieve it. Now, <laughs> this did nothing for my stress. And um, it just lowered my state and stole happiness from me. So now... I have a little red journal, and on the left side, I list things I'm grateful for, from small to big. And on the right, I list things I am proud of, wins of any size. So maybe I empty the dishwasher and put everything away and then put the dishes from the sink into the dishwasher. That goes on the win column. And I really allow myself to feel the satisfaction and the gratification I got from that. So mind management is constant work. Just like pulling weeds in a garden, you've got to return to it again and again. And sometimes we get past the point where these techniques work and we have to get treatment. We have to get help. And if you feel that way, please reach out to a therapist, your doctor, your employee assistance program. And you can Google crisis hotline and you will get a number immediately. Call them up. They want to help. One of my favorite coping mechanisms is to make stuff, to create. That's what I'm doing right now. You can create anything you want. It is the antidote to pain. It doesn't matter if it's gardening, cooking, baking, songwriting. Uh, thinking back to my mom, my house was filled with plants and books and macrame. If you want to make macrame, go for it. Just please don't put it in my house. <laughs> I had enough of it in the 70s. Uh, so, uh, something else I've created. When the pandemic hit and corporations slashed their budgets, I decided to create a new way for people to find me and a new way to do what I do. I created a better way for my clients to become the best version of themselves and have an amazing time doing it. And I decided that I was only going to open it to people who are amazing at what they do, willing to be vulnerable, to learn and to grow, to support others, and who are fun. <laughs> so in addition to getting rid of self-doubt and learning some amazing uh, Jedi Master influence skills, they are learning how to keep their vibration up and their stress low. One of my favorite pieces of feedback came from an amazing Bay Area business owner, husband, dad. And he said something to the effect of, I don't know if you know how special the energy in this group is. He says, where I live and work in Silicon Valley, I never feel this in a business setting. And I get it. I used to work in those environments. And we had some fun, but it was pretty superficial. So I asked him, well, how would you describe this setting? And he paused and he said, authentic, fun, and loving. Bam! <laughs> that was about as big a compliment as you can give me. 
I am so blessed that I get to create and be intentional about who I work with and what I do. And you know what? Do you know what really got me to finally leave the security of corporate America? Why I'm doing what I do now instead of working with someone else's agenda and their goals and not doing what I was put on earth to do? It's because of what happened after my daughter was born. It was so extreme. I didn't know it was so extreme. I didn't get help. And it was the cause of my adrenal crash. I had no capacity to go to an office and sit in meetings all day. It was the hardest time in my life, and it was a good thing it happened, because it was the biggest gift. I was forced to finally make a decision to quit. I suppose I could have gone on medical leave, but my brain was so broken, I didn't even see that as an option. So, it's a good thing I had an emergency C-section and postpartum anxiety disorder and severe insomnia and near adrenal failure, because I have the life that I have now. <clears throat> it also forced me to monitor my stress and my state very carefully. I got so many gifts out of that very difficult situation. If you want to learn your, to be your best self, no matter what the hell's going on around you, and you think that you might be a good fit for my group coaching program, I will put a link in the show notes, and um, you can go there, fill out a super short form, and then book a free, a free, yes, free career breakthrough call with me, and we will get you unstuck and clear about your next steps, whether we decide the group is a good fit or not. And um, yeah, I'll put a link in the notes, um, but just in case you're wanting it right now, it is work-lifebrilliance.com slash apply dash one. That's work-lifebrilliance.com slash apply dash one. Until then, and until next time we talk, monitor your mind, feed your state with healthy inputs. Pause, take a breath, feel grateful for anything around you anything within you, anything that has happened in your past that has gotten you to where you are right now. So my immediate future is going to be to take a walk with my dog who has been patiently or impatiently, I'm not sure, waiting, um, and be grateful for this beautiful day and call my family while I'm out there. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Be well, my friend.
of blessings in your life. I'm very grateful to be on this path with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.